Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. What was that episode we were talking about taking our bras off? I don't want to burn it. Can I just take it off? Because it's all twisted on the side and weird and... You can take it off. I don't My underwire is going the wrong way. And I really don't think any of our listeners will mind, Bonnie, if you take off your bra on the podcast. I'm not going to take Unless it Unless they're going to make noise like flopping together or something. <laughs> <laughs> so long as I don't jump up and down, I think we'll Once be Once right. you're not jogging. <laughs> be, no. There will be no jogging during no this podcast. between books. Especially not after the cupcakes we just ate. Oh, God, no. Oh, yeah, it was Nicole's birthday, so... Uh, we went and got cupcakes. Happy and birthday, Nicole. Woo, thank she's you. She's now all of 24. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Such an old, old woman. <laughs> so young. <laughs> so we got her some cupcakes, and we are on a severe sugar high. I would say we're vibrating. Vibrating from our sugar high and yes. caffeine. Drinking our, drinking our caffeine and got the cupcake with the... How many inches of icing would you say was on that sucker? Oh, my God. Three? About three. Three well, inches of bleeding icing on a cupcake. Martha, size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> what a way to start out, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, we had an entertaining week, though. <clears throat> now that we're back in our normal realm... It's, it, feel, it feels kind of weird to be back in normal territory again after an entire month of nothing but, what do you call them, horror novels? Horror. Yeah, Halloween-themed suspense Scary novels. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're back to normal. I would play a bit of an Aerosmith song. I'm back in the saddle again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I will. I think, I think that little taste of it was enough for everyone. I think that's everyone. plenty. Yeah. For right now, yeah. or else I'm going to need something other than a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> something a little stronger. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm joking. Jeez. You listen to me sing all the time. That's true. I should get an award for that. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is true that we read a lot of horror books in the past month, but I have to admit that that was not the only thing I was reading. I was also reading on the side as well mm-hmm. yes it was really hard for me not to talk about some of these books that i liked a lot while i was reading <laughs> but, but you had to restrain yourself. yeah i restrained myself and i've been holding on to them but i'm not going first because I, I had to go first last time hmm. so one of you oh. guys has to well why doesn't nicole go first since it's her birthday oh yeah she's I mean... 24 now <laughs> So she can take the lead. She I can... guess I am a big girl now. You are. <laughs> did, did, did you get the big girl panties that we put in the bag? I did, actually. Thank you very much for those. You're welcome. Always They're also called pair. granny panties. <laughs> uh-huh. They're very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the novel that I read was called Atonement, and it's by Ian McEwen, and it is 
one of my all-time favorite books. And it takes place in the 1930s, but then it does flashbacks into present time. And it is such an intricate novel, like, with all of the characters and the, like, the plot and just the way he throws everything together and then, like, the setting it's in. Um, Essentially, it takes place at a, well, at first it's at the house of a prominent family in England in the 1930s, and it's uh, right before the war starts. And so uh, they have, like, one of the son is coming home um, from university, and then the daughter's there, and she had just graduated from university, and they still have, like, a little 11, 12-year-old daughter that still lives with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... The brother brings his friend home, and it kind of sets up the story very well in the first first part of the novel. Right. Um, and you meet Briny, which is the little girl. Briny? Yeah, her oh, name's I love Briony. that name. That That's is Briny Fisher, <laughs> the lead character in a in a series on Netflix. Oh. And I think that's books too. So we'll have to look into that later. Briny. Yeah. It's unlike briny, which would be uh, salty water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. I love all the names in this novel as well. Uh, but anyways, so she, it's this little girl who loves to write. And so she is a typewriter. And so you see her like, well, you read about her writing like a play. Clickety clack. Yeah. It kind of focuses on writing a lot within oh. this novel. And so this little girl's writing a play and she... Um, her cousins have end up coming to stay with them because their parents are going through a divorce. So they've got all of these characters like in this house. And Bryony's like getting ready to perform this play and like a bunch of stuff happens and she's not getting her way essentially. She's still so young and she's angry about it. Mm, so there's mm-hmm. some fit throwing going on. Yeah, and so she's late to dinner one night and sees a little bit of romance between two of the characters. So she sees a little bit of the in and out. But she, yes, <laughs> and she doesn't quite understand what it is. Like, oh. um, she, and so, uh, <laughs> I know it's really weird, but. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at her description of in and out. She saw a little of the in and out. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the British ways they talk about it. You know, I love to read British novels. <laughs> oh, you're slipping them a little. No, a bit of. A bit of the how's your father? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and being such a young to who's your daddy? Yeah, that we something here. like that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Nicole. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Uh, but being such a young child and like always wanting to write her, she has a wild imagination, and so um, she gets to dinner and her cousin's not there. Plus, all of this stuff had just happened, and then she had read this letter earlier that implicated some weird things that freaked her out, and so then they go looking for the cousin. And somebody finally finds her, but she's been raped, like, on the property of this prominent... It's like a mansion in oh. England. There's in 1930s, it's very proper. They're sitting down to dinner, but this... And the the cousin's about 16, and then she has two little brothers. Oh. But anyways, they find her, and she won't tell them, like, what happened to her, really. And it insinuates that she was raped. Okay. Um, and so Briny finds her first, and... So then she's like trying to ask like who did this to you like who like she keeps asking this and finally somebody like the first person that shows up is the guy that she saw having 
sex earlier oh. with her sister, her older oh, sister. Dear. And and so the girl that was just just had this traumatic event, the first thing she says is it was him. <gasps> and so the rest of the novel is what happens because of this. Whoa. It's the entire and like how um people go to prison. Uh, people like the family kind of falls apart. Like it's just because so of intricate. The accusation because of, of it. the accusation and because the family and there's so many like different family parts. Because the the guy that um, he actually works for the family, but he w- also went to university with their daughter, and oh, so that's wow. why they were like they had Jeez. had crushes on each other. And so and it, it's just you. I don't. It's kind of a hard book to explain actually i have heard of this book before and this one fell into the category of a classic someone had been trying to describe it to me and i I put it in the depressing category and refused to read it (laughs) it kind of it it is a little depressing but it's not but it doesn't sound as bad as as i was imagining yeah i mean not that i'm trying to minimalize right because that's not a good thing no well and that's Okay, so that's weird. Like, yes, that's a big event, and that's like of the book, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, I mean, they don't talk about it like a whole lot. I don't even know if they, I don't completely remember if they even flat out say like that's what happened to her. But, but it just insinuates still, it. She still accused somebody who I'm yeah. assuming went to jail because you said something about prison. Mm-hmm. So then it also takes another approach to. Uh, crime like that of somebody who's falsely accused yeah but Which i'm I, assuming he was falsely accused because he was with the other person so but, i can't i can't tell you but I, I know I, you I, can't you know me, if he but, was really fast and really randy he might be able to get it done but i can give you a hint as in like okay so i said 1935 specifically mm-hmm. right before they started war what did they do with prisoners in england oh they sent them to war they sent them to war oh so he's gonna go get killed no, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Or just beat up. But it's just like, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like, and then Briny, as she grows up, like you see her grow up through the rest of the novel and like the, her thoughts and her feelings on right. everything that happened that night and how this one night affects everyone who was in that house their entire life. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like one of those turning points that time travelers would go back to change. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of those key points in history. I'm kind of thinking that might make a good story. And take a classic novel like that and then travel back in time and change that one event and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is also a movie that stars Keira Knightley, who is one of my all-time favorite actresses. Oh. And while the, the movie isn't as like deep, I guess, as the book... It is still an amazing movie. The directing is perfect. Like the setting of the movie is perfect. Like the, like the, the way they made the house. I just love the visualization, visual visualization that they put through it, and like the costumes for, especially for the time period. Oh, yeah. Cool. Now, did you read the book before you watched the movie? I did actually. And would you say that the movie is as good as the book? I would say almost. Oh, almost. close. I think the the only difference is like the depth of this, like of the story within the novel. However, I think the movie makes up for it in their, like in the way they in the grandeur. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, it's hard to get the depth of a book into a movie just because it's not. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes when you're doing 
a movie that's a period piece, you don't describe all the surroundings to the extent that they need to be described because you can't. So being able to see a picture of it when you're not familiar with it sometimes enhances mm-hmm. the well, feeling right. that you get I just from meant it. The character, the depth. Well, yeah, in the depth in the character. I agree a hundred percent because there are very few times when I like the movie better than the book. Right. Yeah. But I think I can see what she's saying, though. Yes. But I have watched movies that I would that I thought are just as good as the books. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, you know, you don't get the death like what you said, but... We never did go see Girl on the Train, did we? Oh, no, man. we never did go see it. Is it still in the theaters? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah, we need to go see that. It's going to be in the dollar theater soon, <laughs> which I, I actually love going to. I've actually heard not great things about it, but I don't know. I'd kind of like to judge for myself, because as you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the book. Well, since we've read the book, I think we're no, we know what to expect from the story, and a lot of people, the way they built that the movie up was supposed to be more of a mystery than what oh, it was. Oh, I and like see. The, do you remember the promos they were running for it and everything? Oh. Yeah. And how it, like, it was, it they, looked badass. Yeah. They played up the yeah. action. But, it, so but I think, there isn't probably a whole lot of action in it because there wasn't a whole lot of yeah. action in the book. No. And so the, I think it disappointed a lot of people mm. just the way they did their PR. I but, totally changed the subject. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, because actually that's a... Okay, so I was just talking about Atonement by... Ian McEwen, but I think that might lead into, uh, I think Girl in a Train might lead into a similar novel that you read. Yes, it was actually a similar novel. So since we're doing a segue, I'll go next. Okay. Now, it's funny because when I was looking up the information on it, because I wanted to double check and make sure I got the author right. So I kind of looked it up real quick and I usually go to Amazon because I'm an Amazon freak. And... <laughs> Many of the reviews that popped up on this were like, this was terrible or (laughs) this was really overrated and all of this really not great reviews. I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I really liked it. And it's really not my normal genre, but it did remind me a lot of Girl on the Train. I think, first of all, I guess I need to tell you what it is. It was called The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. Mm -hmm. And the main character is a lot like the main character in Girl in a Train in that she's a very damaged individual. She has all kinds of emotional problems and stuff that's happened to her. And her house gets broken into um, and she gets robbed right before she's supposed to. She's she's a travel writer and her boss is on maternity leave. And so she's supposed to go do this big travel writing spread about this beautiful big yacht boat. I don't even know if it's a yacht. It's like a cruise liner or something. Really upper crust thing. And she was supposed to go, but like two days before that or something, she gets, her house broke gets broken into and this guy, like, she hears somebody out there and she goes to investigate and the guy's standing there And instead of, like, attacking her or something, he pushes her back into her bedroom and shuts the door. Hmm. And, of course, she falls and hits her cheek or something, and so she has a big old black eye. But she, he just basically wanted to rob her. Mm -hmm. Right. But he left her alone. Of course, she's traumatized. You know, (laughs) she's terribly traumatized, and she drinks too much. And she's just not a very likable character. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking as I was reading it, oh, crap, here we go again. It's another girl on a train. But having said that, 
I felt a lot differently very quickly because of the way it was plotted. Because she gets on this ocean liner and they take her to her swanky apartment and she's still belly aching about her eye and, you know, all this other stuff and she can't sleep. So she hears this noise in the middle of the night and it sounds to her like somebody's been thrown overboard. So she sticks her head out the window and she sees this, she sees blood on the side of the, Mm. like, I don't know, balcony or whatever that's next to hers, right? Mm -hmm. And she knows that somebody, this girl that was in that room that morning had lent her some mascara. Mm -hmm. But then when she goes to tell somebody about it the next day, they're like, well, there's nobody in that cabin. So it's a huge mystery. Yeah. You have no idea who is in cabin 10 because there wasn't supposed to be anybody in cabin 10. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you've got all these super rich people milling around. Um, and it's not very many people. They only invited just a few people to be on board. And honestly, I thought it was a great mystery. I was very um, engaged and intrigued through all of it. Mm-hmm. Right up to the end, I was very sick because I didn't know who was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually pretty good at sussing that stuff out. I've, I've read enough books that I can usually <laughs> kind of figure it out. And I can't really put my finger on why I didn't hate it mm-hmm. because it was so much, so similar because her character was just a whiny little wench. Mm-hmm. She was not the type of character that you would at first think of as a survivor but I think that's probably part of the reason I liked it is because you see her change yeah. over time. You see her grow some balls. <laughs> yeah, but that happened on Girl with the Train and you didn't like it either. Well, I don't think that necessarily happened on Girl with the Train. I think she just like suddenly got her memory. Like I she, think she suddenly, just, it, was, it was pretty slow, but yeah, she I think slowly, it was just too slow for me on Girls yeah, to Train. Maybe. Or maybe the, the, the mystery plot wasn't this strong was, enough this was a to good, outweigh the one Yeah, character. this one was a lot, it was a lot more fast moving. Um, Yeah, Girl with the Train was slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one was a lot, it, it still was a, a slower burn than an action movie would be. But the fact that she's sitting there trying to figure this out and it's a complicated plot, which is what I really liked about it in the ending. Or as you get closer to the ending, you can't figure out how all of these things are going to come about. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, it's it's a good book. I waited in line for it quite a long time at the library. So I know there are, it's a fairly new release and a lot of people are out there reading it. And obviously the people on Amazon that read it didn't like it. It's so weird because I've seen that book it's constantly recommended to me on Amazon. Yeah. Like, I just see and it all the And that's the weird time. thing is, I guess the people that read it just, or some of the people that read it just plain didn't like it. But then I pulled it up on Goodreads and it's got four out of five. Mm-hmm. I'm what, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like they did some, I bet you they did some special on it. Where a bunch of people bought it oh. for like a dollar or something. And then a bunch, they, that's why they got so many could be bad reviews i don't know i honestly i thought it was good it i like books where i'm on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. and as i got closer to the middle of the book i didn't want to quit because mm-hmm. i was like gosh dang i had to figure out what happens yeah. do you know somebody's gonna die mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about what other people rate it because, you know, some of my favorite books, when I've looked them up on Goodreads and stuff. Well, yeah, me too. And usually that doesn't. 3.5. 3.5. Usually 3. that doesn't 8, bother me. But when but it comes to a book like this, it's kind of out of my main. Not you know? your usual. Yeah. Because this isn't really the kind of stuff I would normally like. I, I'm i I'm the straight procedural murder mystery type. Right. Or weird. Or weird. Yeah. And this one kind of falls outside of that. But I read it because it, it was new to the library. And I thought, yeah, this looks good. I'll wait in line for this. It sounds like an interesting plot. And. It turned out to be very good, and I would give it a four out of five. The main reason I wouldn't give it a five is because the main character was not very likable. Hmm. I mean, she's still, uh, okay, four and a half. Well, it's okay to give it a four. I mean, four it's, and a half it's hard when Because you it really was a good read. When you can't connect with the main character, it's hard to get into a book. I didn't have any trouble getting into it, though, so I think I should read it or I wonder if rate that's it higher. Another reason you liked it so much is because you hated, you felt such a, like, the, in, not hated, but you felt that, like, a, a strong emotion feel, towards that I character. felt the similarity, a similarity between this one and Girl on the, on the mm-hmm. Train. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of books out there like that right now because I think the, um, the publishers are picking up a lot more stories like that because there was one right after I finished reading this one and I picked up and started reading that was so similar. I'm like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm putting it down. I'll come back to it at a later time to see if I don't hate it then. But I'm, I'm sick of this kind of thing right now. I'm leaving it. Well, they do the same thing with movies. Yeah. One movie so, takes off and they make five other movies that are almost exactly the same yeah. with just a little so, variation. So this whole genre right now has to take a rest for me. I'm I'm, I'm feeling a little burned out on it. I'm going to go back and read a sci-fi novel or something. <laughs> Come back to your usual. Yeah. So that would be The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware, and I would give it four and a half out of five stars. And now on to the beautiful and talented Vonnie, Vonnie Golden. <laughs> Well, I also read something that's a little bit different for me. I read a book called I Shall Be Near to You by Erin Lindsay McCabe. And this is more of a love story. It's more of a romantic thing than I usually read. Romance. I know, but it's not it's it's not a drama queen kind of romance wooing people. It's about a husband and a wife. So mm-hmm. the romance is already in place, but it's their story. But what it is, is it's about, it uh, sets place at the the beginning of the Civil War. And the main character is, has always been a tomboy. Um, Her family was all daughters and no sons. So she kind of took the place of the son for her father. And she went out there and worked the fields with him. And Mm -hmm. so she was very, you know, tomboyish. And, but she gets married, and of course, after she gets married, she they tell her, your place is inside with the women now. You can't be out there helping your husband in the field. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like that. She basically doesn't like for anyone to tell her what she's going to do. If she wants mm. to go on the field, by God, she's going to go out in the field. Re- sort of reminds <laughs> me of me when I was around that age. <laughs> right. You can't tell me I have to get married. <laughs> so she's very strong-headed and very, I mean, if she wants something, she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, her husband goes off to war and she wants to go to war with him, but of course can't because she's a female. And 
She doesn't like that answer, so she ends up cutting her hair and tailoring some pants, and she joins the regiment with him. And this is set in the North, so it's the Union. Mm-hmm. Does she roll up socks and put them in her... Well, no. Their pants weren't that tight back then. <laughs> just wondering. The size know? didn't matter so much back then. <laughs> I just was thinking about, you know, the individual things you'd have to do to try to but pass I, as a guy. I imagine she had to bind her top She'd so have that to learn she how to piece stand her up. Yeah. Which actually, it talks about that, about her having to bind... Mm-hmm. Because one time when she's bathing, she talks about having to, you know, unwrap and how, you know, it felt good that to not that have the girls that binding. Squished. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm complaining about my bra and she had to wear, you know, rags tied so that her boobs were flat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but so and um, back then the regiments were set off of your location. Mm-hmm. So when she joins up with the her troops, her, you know, fellow army mates, they're people from her town. So they automatically know. I was going to say, what? Yeah, so they How? automatically know that she's female because yeah. they've grown up with her. They've known her her whole life. And they don't say anything? No, but they keep her, they keep her secret. Hmm. And they, you know, they have to sleep two in a tent and everything. Well, where's and her husband? I thought you said she joined up to no, be with her husband. No, her husband's husband. there, too. Oh. Her husband's oh, oh, there, but it's oh, a no. bunch of other guys that she went to school with and grew up with and everything else. And so she, there's a couple of them that, you know, you know, well, I'm telling, I'm telling. But they can always pacify them enough that they don't tell. Yeah. And they rearrange it so that, you know, she can sleep with her husband because they have to share tents. Mm-hmm. and just stuff like that. And she actually does the fighting with them. She does the drill. She does everything that the guys can do. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it was just really interesting to read it just because I like historical novels anyways. And it was different than anything that I've ever read because it was about a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. And, and I heard you talking about that there were women that actually... Yes, there was. Did that kind of thing. And Actually think, did pretend to be men so that they could go to war. Right. One of the other reasons why I liked it is because it's it was her going outside of the norm and doing what she wanted to do and not what was expected of her. Yeah. You know, and I actually looked it up and according to um, history.com, more than 400 women disguised themselves as men and fought in the Union and Confederate armies during the Civil War. Maybe those are just the ones they knew about. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was, you know, confirmed. That's pretty cool. Now you know why they do physicals. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So you got any boobies in there? (laughs) Yeah, but it talks about different things that she has to do to, you know, keep her her disguise going on and the people that help her. But it also talks about just, I, I don't know, her and her husband's relationship, which, of course, he's not happy when she shows up. And the campsite with the rest of the army troops, he's like, what are you doing? So he's upset about it. And but I mean, he obviously knows how pigheaded she is when he married her. So (laughs) I don't think he's really surprised, but I don't know. It was just it was in it wasn't a real hard read and it didn't take me very long to read it. The only reason I did read it is because it was recommended from a friend that is in the library with us. Mm -hmm. And um I trust her opinion, so 
I See, read that's it. the great thing about getting a book recommendation from somebody that a coworker or a friend or this program even, mm-hmm. because somebody else has a passion for a book that they read, even though it might not be something that's their regular thing. I know this person you're talking about is a big Jack Reacher fan. Right. <laughs> she so mostly this- reads Jack Reacher books. So it's interesting that she recommended that book. Right. It's because it's not really her usual genre right, either. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to step outside of your little box every once in a while and read something completely different. Mm-hmm. And it was a very real book. I mean, it it could have happened in real life. I mean, this is mm-hmm. fiction, obviously, but it's something that could have actually taken place. These people could have actually existed. It was just, uh, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. I really and what enjoyed was it, it called again? It was called I Shall Be Near to You by Erin Lindsay McCabe. Hmm. It kind of reminds me actually of a book that I loved and read called Monstrous Regiment. Mm-hmm. by Terry Pratchett. And I know you're not a big Terry Pratchett fan, <laughs> but it, it is a very similar plot, except for all of the troops, you find out little by little that each and every one of the troops in this particular regiment are all women. Huh. They're all disguised and all pretending to be men. Hmm. But little by little, you find out, that's why I asked about the socks. Ah. Uh. Because each one of the people... Do they do that uh, the in people, Monstrous Red you know, Yeah, they, they, they stuff so- socks down their front so that you can see they've got a package, you know? <laughs> well, I guess in and the there's Civil a, there's War, a they vampire. weren't checking that close. Well, this is a totally different thing because there's a vampire and an Igor, which mm. is a person made of different parts. Yeah. And then there's a... Let's see. A, did I say a vampire? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a troll... And a couple of other different, what would you call them? Things. Characters. <laughs> well, in, in Terry Pratchett's world, all, all creatures are equal. <laughs> Everybody's welcome in the watch. Mm-hmm. Equal rights. Yes. For e- everybody. Equal rights. So there's a werewolf and a, and a vampire and a person and a troll and, and all these other people. And they're all joining up to go, go and fight in the army and it turns out that they're all actually pretending to each other to be men, but they're all women. Hmm. So, and I only bring that up because, it, you know, right? Pretending, because yeah, yeah. And I thought it was interesting the way they strap them down, you know, and put the socks down their pants and learn to pee standing <laughs> up. You know, those little things that well, kind of give it think, away. I don't think she had to learn to pee standing no, she up. Probably I didn't think she because went they knew found her own she, corner. Well, because they knew who she was. Right. It was easier when she got to her camp and she knew enough people that they yeah. made it easier for her. But imagine, because it, it's not like they had cars or anything back then. They had to walk to they there. They had to huff it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't even have enough horses to let them all have horses. They walked to their campground. So the whole time that she was going and was alone and with people that she didn't know. you Yeah, you'd have to try to keep it up. You know, yeah. you'd have to try to talk a little lower. Yeah. She couldn't let, you know, she couldn't uh, let the lady the that lives across the street from me has a voice that's as deep as any man. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think that has to do with cigarette smoking, but... <laughs> She talks like this. Maybe that's what she did. She went out and smoked her half pack of cigarettes. Smoked tonight. twenty packs of cigarettes a day for two weeks, and you got it. <laughs> she had that gruff voice going on. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely be a little easier for some types of people 
to pull that off than it would others. Yeah. I the, the more petite you are, the easier it the is. The easier it is to strap these babies down. Yeah, because I don't not, know. There's not much enough, there to begin with. I don't know if there's enough binding to get mine to go flat. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, would not have that much problem. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, whether you, whether you want the uh, authentic experience of the army or something a little more on the uh, fantasy level, yes, you, know, you could. Read Terry Pratchett if you wanted that. <laughs> Terry Pratchett, by the way, has died recently. I think it was about a year ago he oh. died of uh, dementia. Hmm. But boy, did he write some good books in between. And sometimes I think he might have had a little of that dementia when he was writing his Yeah, books. but that's what made it so good. <laughs> he was out there. That's what I liked about he, him. He definitely was out there. The couple that I tried to read. I know. It definitely takes the the right type of person to really, truly enjoy Terry yeah. Pratchett's I can get into style. those weird, I mean, I liked Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and but Terry Pratchett was just a little too much for me. Yeah. Couldn't do that one. I'll stick with my more real okay, kind of books. Okay, fine. Mock me if you must, but I like reading about vampires and trolls and stuff, too. We don't mock you. We embrace your differences. Please embrace me. <laughs> embrace me! <laughs> Are you reading... Do you know what you're reading for next week? Um, I am actually reading a sci-fi novel right now. Oh. Because, you know, after that taste in my mouth... <laughs> because I did... had t- I had two other books on hold from the library mm-hmm. right after I read this one. Two of them. And they were almost both identical. That same type of wounded character oh, the so woman had to... and I, I got through a whole one and finally went i'm not reviewing this mm-hmm. and then i got another one same thing this woman who's it starts out it's called the trap and i didn't get through very far of it because i just wasn't in the mood because there's this woman who you she's she's been in her house since her sister died and she hasn't left and you don't know why and i'm like oh please not again no, I'm giving this up. The wounded woman is not on my list. So I went for a, um, a completely sci-fi. Um, I'm reading that, and then I'm not sure what I'm going to do after that. What about you? What are you reading next week? I need to figure out what I want to read. Me too. I have nothing. Well, I'm reading two books right now, but they're books that both of you have recommended to me, so mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do them on the podcast. I'm oh. sure you can. They're just on the side. You have to update us on both of those, though. Yeah. Oh, of course I will. Yeah, you can't be your main selection, but we can go back and talk about what we liked and didn't like. Right. See, my problem is that I finished a book that I will not mention because we're going to talk about it pretty soon. Um, and it was so amazing <laughs> that you don't want to read anything else <laughs> that I don't, I can't match that. It, that is very hard, <clears throat> okay, but I Ma- think I might have one for you. You're the oh, queen. Good. Recommend something to both of us. Well, you've already read this one, Bonnie. Alphabet House. Oh my gosh. That oh, was yeah, so you good. Told me about that Alphabet one. House by Juicy Adler Olson. That was one of my favorites. It I actually is recommended a historical that. fiction novel, and you know that I don't dig historical fiction normally. Not my thing, but Jussie Adler Olson writes a whole series of procedural detective novels that I absolutely adore. Love them, love them, love them. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I had read all of those. And then I saw this one at the library. And I, of course, recognized the author. And I went, oh. And I'm, tell, I'm here to tell you, I have recommended that several times to people. And I have n- none of the people that I've recommended it to have been disappointed. It is very good. I liked it. <laughs> I, just I recommended it, it to my dad not too long ago. It was very good. Because um, I get my love of history from him. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me about yeah, it. it. So, like, I think when a we were having ago, before we started doing the podcast, the yeah. whole idea from the podcast came because Nicole and I would cross paths in the morning because we work in the same building and occasionally have book discussions. Mm-hmm. And people don't do that anymore. No, nope. people look at us like we're nutcases because we talk <laughs> about books instead of sports or movies. Yeah. So that was where the idea for the podcast came. Is like. Gosh, it sure would be nice to, you know, talk with other people who love books as much as we do. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need recommendations from other people. Well, I need a recommendation. <clears throat> so recommend something for me so I can see if it's in the <gasps> library. Ooh, I know. What? Now, I don't know if you'll like it or not, because it's a really strange combination of historical fiction and something else. It's called Cryptonomicon. By Neil Stevenson. I know I've told you about it before because I freaking loved it. It took me forever to read it because it's a very complex novel. And it switches back and forth in time. So you're in the present time. And you'll go for a little while in the present time. And then you'll go way back in time. And you have no idea how these two things are connected. But as you read, it gets closer and closer and closer and closer. And pretty soon you're like, oh, there is a connection. So it was that was a very good read. I liked that one. We'll use Cryptonomicon as your recommendation. Yeah. Oh, let me see how many how many are. You don't have to read it just because I recommend it. Well, I'll still try it. If I don't like it, I'll quit reading it. Okay. You know me. I'll tell you, you know what? Not really for me. Anybody who can just Terry Pratchett to my face <laughs> and get away with it. I mean, I value your opinion. I'm just teasing. Oh, hey, next in line. So, hey, that might come in. Okay. What's it about now? I didn't even read the description. It's about World War something. One, I think. Well, if it's World War something, then, you know I'm going to like it. Well, it's, it goes back and forth in time. Oh, it's Navy. Mm, yeah, I haven't read any Navy ones. And it's the it, in present time, there's a guy who has this chest full of stuff from his relative. And, and, it, and there's, you know, some sort of connection. It's very complicated. Let me just say that. It's huh. extremely complicated. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through because it was so complicated. But you like complicated things, so you I might do. actually really like it. Okay, let's do our recap. Oh. Let's hope I still have mine up. No, not that one. Oh, oh so uh, I talked about Atonement by Ian McEwan. And I talked about The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. And I talked I Shall Be Near to You by Aaron Lindsay McCabe. And next week we will delve into whatever the hell we want to. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we feel like. We're readers and we're proud. <laughs> we're, we're pretty random. You yeah, never know what yeah. we're going to pull out of our hats. For it all depends week. on what comes up on our um, wish list for the book or mm-hmm. for the uh, library. Because, you know, we got all kinds of books on hold. So, yes. 
We'll get back to you on that. Just, you know, or if you just like a surprise. Surprise is good. And we, we, it, go to our Facebook page and make us a recommendation because, you know, it never hurts for us to have more books to read. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm always looking for a recommendation. I want the recommendations for those books that make you stop reading for like two weeks because you can't get over them. <laughs> yes. Only problem with that is then you won't read anything for the podcast. <laughs> but if I had a lot of them back to back that were that interesting that I could just oh, have I a see. couple under your belt that I could just read that quickly. Yeah. You know what I'm one saying? That you, it was uh, one that you like don't want to put down. One that you skipped your lunch because you're like, no, guys, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to read my book. <laughs> I literally carried my phone everywhere <laughs> reading that book. And we're going to talk about that in our best ofs, which we will have some because the holidays are coming up. So we're going to we're going to delve into some of our favorite books um, and talk about those exclusively. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we are signing out for three, three book, book girls. girls. Woohoo!